Hello and welcome back to the Fantasy Playmakers. What's up guys? For today's video, I'm going to be going back to the series where I break down each division. And so we already did the AFC, so we're moving on to the NFC. And today we're going to be doing the NFC East, which is the Washington football team, Philadelphia Eagles, New York Giants, and the Dallas Cowboys. If you guys watch this video and enjoy the content, please make sure you leave a like and subscribe. That really helps support the channel. And also let me know your thoughts down below in the comment section and I'll make sure to respond to you. Let's start it off with the division winning Washington football team. And they've made some pretty solid changes this offseason. I think Ryan Fitzpatrick is a solid late round quarterback. He's currently being picked as QB 21. And you know, even though there's no guarantee that Ryan Fitzpatrick is going to be the starter for the whole year, you know, you never know. He could start off the season 300 yards a game, three touchdowns a game, and then he could just go absolutely tank. But you know, that's what you get with Fitzpatrick. But when he is in the lineup, he is a viable play every single week. And in my opinion, is a really solid best ball pick just because he has a really high ceiling. He has a lot of super explosive games. Fitzpatrick being the quarterback of this offense really has the potential to elevate the entire offense, especially his targets. Terry McLaurin has basically always been a fantasy what if in his first two years. It was like, you know, he's a super talented wide receiver. He puts up respectable numbers, but it was always what if he had a capable quarterback. A lot of people thought if he did get that QB, he could be a wide receiver one. And so in McLaurin's first two years, he finished as wide receiver 28 as a rookie and then wide receiver 20. That's in points per game. But you got to look at Washington's passing offense. In 2019, Washington was 32nd in passing yards per game and then only 25th in 2020. So he was just getting no help from the quarterbacks. He really was just not given a fair shake the past two years. But this year, I'm expecting big things from Terry McLaurin. Not only does he have a higher volume passing offense, but now he has some other weapons around him to take the pressure off him. So I think he's definitely going to be a fringe wide receiver one this year. And when you're looking at some of those other wide receiver additions, the Washington football team signed Curtis Samuel in free agency, and then they also drafted Deami Brown in the NFL draft. And I think Curtis Samuel has a ton of potential in this offense. When Ron Rivera was the head coach of the Panthers in 2019, Samuel was used as a deep threat, but he really wasn't rewarded in the stat department just because of how poor the QB play was. I mean, he had a ton of unrealized air yards just because the quarterbacks couldn't get him the ball. But then in 2020, with the new coaching staff with the Panthers, we saw a total shift and he was used much more in the run game and as a volume receiver. So a total shift from 2019 to 2020. But I really think if Ron Rivera can combine Curtis Samuel's 2019 and 2020 usage, he could easily be a breakout wide receiver this year and could easily finish as a wide receiver too if he's used effectively. And then Deami Brown for me is a decent late round wide receiver pick. I think in super deep leagues, he's probably going to be the wide receiver three in that offense, but this could be a high volume passing offense where he could see a little bit of work and come in and make an impact as a rookie. At the running back position, I really like Antonio Gibson this year. I think Fitzpatrick at quarterback will give Gibson more red zone looks. It should also take a little bit of pressure off the run game. Last year with Alex Smith, you just knew they were not going to be pushing the ball down the field. So the defense could kind of come in and compress the offense. But this year, they can't do that. They have to respect Ryan Fitzpatrick as a deep threat. And then I think J.D. McKissick's role is definitely going to decrease. He actually saw some value last year, especially in PPR formats, just due to how many targets he was getting. I mean, Alex Smith 
was dumping the ball off to this man like 10 plus times a game. So that's definitely going to decrease. That was Alex Smith's game. That is not Ryan Fitzpatrick's game. So I think he's definitely going to lose fantasy relevance this year. And then at tight end, I think Logan Thomas is one of those solid late round tight end picks. His volume is definitely going to decrease. Like I mentioned with JD McKissick, no more Alex Smith kind of throwing those short underneath routes, but he'll definitely have more red zone opportunities. He's a guy with a big frame. And so he's definitely going to get some more high scoring chances. Let's move on to the New York Giants and starting off at the quarterback position. This is definitely a make or break year for Daniel Jones. Even though he had that solid rushing upside, Jones still only finished as quarterback 32 in points per game. I mean, that is just so low, especially how he was rushing for around 500 yards. So that just means in the turnover department and the passing game, he was basically miserable. But Daniel Jones does have the chance to succeed this year with an upgraded offense. Giants went out, signed Kenny Galladay. They finally got Daniel Jones, a really true wide receiver one. But for Kenny Galladay, I don't really think this is the best fit for him. You know, before if he was staying with the Lions and Matthew Stafford was still there, he was probably going to be a top tier wide receiver two in my rankings. But now he definitely falls more to a bottom end wide receiver two, just because there's a lot more uncertainty in this Giants offense. It's definitely a downgrade from what he had with the Lions. I think Daniel Jones was actually a little bit underrated in how well he pushed the ball down the field last year. You got to remember that's Kenny Galladay's game. He's going to beat you deep. He's going to go up, make those contested catches. But Daniel Jones was actually number seven in deep ball completion percentage. But the issue is that he was in the bottom half of deep ball attempts. And so really the hope here for Galladay is that he's able to elevate Jones's play and his presence allows the offense to push the ball down the field more consistently. So you know you would say they weren't throwing the ball a ton down the field because they didn't have those top tier deep weapons, but now they have a wide receiver one that can really stretch the field. And so you know hopefully you see them use Galladay in that role. I don't really think there's any other value in these Giants pass catchers. I just don't think there's going to be enough opportunities for Shepard and Slayton. And then at the tight end position, Evan Ingram has really just been a bust. He has not lived up to his potential in the NFL. And now he's competing with Kyle Rudolph for red zone touches. So those are guys that I'm just not going to be touching for fantasy. At running back, Saquon right now is my number five overall player. In terms of his talent, he is one of the best running backs in the NFL, but there are definitely still some concerns with him. The Giants offensive line is still pretty subpar and he is coming off that ACL injury, and that was after dealing with a high ankle sprain in 2019. So those are just some of the red flags, but he's still a guy where if he's healthy, you just know he's going to be a high-end running back one. All right, now we're on to the Dallas Cowboys, and the Cowboys really have a variety of top-tier fantasy assets. First at quarterback, you have Dak, who in his four full games averaged 30.55 points per game, which is just obviously unreal. It's definitely not sustainable for an entire season, but I mean, it's definitely a good sign that that offense was going to be pretty solid in 2020 if he stayed healthy. The Cowboys defense is still pretty brutal this year, which means the Cowboys are going to have to score a lot of points to keep up with the other team's offense, which is obviously something you'd like to see for fantasy. Because you know, if you have a team that has a really solid defense and they're just shutting everyone down, you don't need to have those high scoring games. You can play more conservative, just kind of hold on to the ball, but that's not something that gets you fantasy points. Having a bad defense and always needing to be pushing the ball is what's going to get you those big points. 
In my opinion, Amari Cooper is a fringe wide receiver one this year, and then I have C.D. Lamb as a solid mid to lower wide receiver two. The third wide receiver, Michael Gallup, could hold some value if either Amari Cooper or C.D. Lamb go down with injury, but I think right now he's pretty firmly locked into that wide receiver three role. I believe pretty strongly that Zeke is going to have a huge bounce back year this year. Basically, everything that could have gone wrong went wrong for Zeke in 2020. So you got to start off with Dak Prescott going down. Zeke was lighting it up when Prescott was on the field. And then he dealt with injuries. The offensive line dealt with injuries. He played through them. But you definitely saw that it affected his performance. And so it really just kind of resulted in a lackluster year for him when he was supposed to be a high-end running back one. But this year is a new year, and we know that Zeke is going to be the alpha running back in a high-scoring offense, which has allowed him to be a running back one in the past four years, so I'm not going to be fading him this year. I'm happy taking him mid to later first round. I'll be buying that ADP all day. And I know people are concerned about Tony Pollard coming in and stealing touches, but in my opinion, with a healthy Zeke on a huge contract, I really think Pollard is nothing more than a handcuff. You know, if Zeke goes down, then he's definitely going to have some value. But I really don't think he's going to be taking any meaningful touches away from Zeke. Zeke's the goal line back. He's also a solid receiving back. So I don't think there's a ton to worry about there. I don't have much at the tight end position for the Cowboys. I don't really like Jarwin or Schultz this year. I just don't think either of them are going to get a big enough target share in this offense when you already have three really solid wide receivers. So I'm not going to be looking at either of those guys this year. All right, now we're on to the final team in the NFC East. We've got the Philadelphia Eagles. And starting off with Jalen Hurts, I talked about this with Lamar Jackson, but I also think Jalen Hurts just has a very wide variety of outcomes this season, potentially the widest of any player. I think I said it for Lamar, but I think I got to reconsider because Jalen Hurts could literally go from like QB one, two, or three to a guy who may not even be starting by the end of the year. And so we saw in a small sample size that Hertz seems to have that top tier rushing upside, but right now he's going at QB eight. And I just think that's a little too high because he's still fairly unproven. His fantasy football potential is definitely very high. I mean, you see those top running quarterbacks, Lamar Jackson, Kyler Murray, they have the potential to put up huge numbers. But I also think there's a fairly decent chance that Jalen Hurts is a bust this year. NFL defenses have had the chance to study his play style over the offseason. And this offense is still poor in terms of the offensive line and their weapons. I just don't really think Hurts deserves to be going two full rounds ahead of Tom Brady when you know exactly what you're going to get from a guy like Tom Brady. And Jalen Hurts, you don't really know what you're going to get. It's also a little bit concerning to me that this coaching staff just seems reluctant to commit to Hurts. You know, they don't have the ties from drafting him because Doug Peterson isn't there anymore. And so I do think Jalen Hurts is going to be the starter, but it's definitely not a positive that Nick Sirianni won't just go out and say, hey, he's our franchise guy. So Hurts has a ton of potential, but there's also a lot of risk. And I just don't see that risk being calculated into his ADP this year. When we're looking at Jalen Hurts receiving weapons, I think Devontae Smith and Jalen Rager are both decent late round wide receiver options. We just don't really know who's truly going to break out as the alpha. If I had to guess, it would be Devontae Smith because I think he can kind of command a pretty solid amount of volume, but we have to wait and see. 
And then at tight end, Dallas Goddard is a really solid tight end pick to me because like I just talked about, that receiving volume is basically wide open in this offense. And Zach Ertz is pretty much likely gone. He hasn't been showing up to the training camp. They've been trying to trade him. And so that would leave Dallas Goddard as the number one tight end. And we haven't seen him operate as the main tight end really for a full season. And so that could easily propel him into a mid-tier tight end one season. The toughest part of this Philadelphia Eagles offense to predict for me has got to be the running game. I love Miles Sanders as a talent, but I just do not like the moves they've been making this offseason. I just feel like I have no assurance that he's going to be used as a true workhorse. I mean, if they came out and they were like, Miles Sanders is our guy, he's a three down back, I mean, he would skyrocket up my rankings. But right now, they're just not going out and praising him as a guy that's going to have a huge workload. So you've already got Boston Scott on that team. And then they went out this offseason and they signed Jordan Howard and Kerryon Johnson. And then they also drafted Kenny Gainwell, who I really like as a prospect, who is a tremendous receiving back. And I honestly think it could eat into Sanders' receptions. You know, Kenny Gainwell could act as a third down back. And, you know, it's not the talent of these backups that concern me. It's really more the fact that the Eagles feel the need to continue bringing in these running backs. You know, I think if they're confident in Miles Sanders, you don't need to be bringing all these guys in. And right now, if everyone is on the roster, you're looking at Kenny Gainwell, who could cut into Miles Sanders' receiving work. And then you're looking at Jordan Howard, who could cut into those goal line carries. And it kind of really takes away the ceiling of Miles Sanders, who coming off his rookie year was a guy that I thought could be a three down back in the NFL, could get that red zone work, also a solid receiver. And so I just think it definitely limits his potential with all the moves that the Eagles have made this offseason. And I just think it really muddies the water on his fantasy potential. All right, that's going to be it for my NFC breakdown. If you guys enjoy the content, make sure you leave a like and subscribe. I would really appreciate it. Stay tuned tomorrow. I'm going to be coming out with another division, breaking it down. And then make sure you guys leave your thoughts down below in the comment section. I'll make sure to get back to you. Thank you guys again for watching and listening. I'll see you tomorrow.